ladies and gentlemen, to episode two, season three. Yes, ladies, season three. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in. Um, it's been a while since our first episode, but hopefully that gave you enough time to catch up on all things era women and all things womanhood, identity, and what's the other thing that we talk about, ladies? <laughs> the women of the Bible. Women of the Bible. Yes, that. <laughs> Um, yeah, we're, we're glad to have you all tune in today. And so we're going to get right into it. We are talking about two women today. They have one verse really that mentions their name and another verse that alludes to one of them. Um, but it's an exciting topic for us to be touching today. So, um, with much further ado, we are going to be talking about Lois and Eunice. And uh, <laughs> sorry, that was kind of enthusiastic, but kind of not at the same time. <laughs> it's okay. We love you, Lois. And you we know. do. We do. We have are filled with joy too, just like the Bible says. I'm thinking yes. about you. Yes, yes. Um, those two women, if you do not know anything about them, um, they can be found in Second Timothy one verse five. And uh, you know, when I was thinking about this. It just, I was like, the topic for the day can be, not that we have a topic, but there's so many things that we could talk about when we um, discuss these two women. But the one thing that stands out is their legacy of faith. Mm-hmm. It goes from one generation to another, to another, and just the importance that we have as women to pass on the gospel to our children, um, because then they take it and they run with it. Uh, but let's just turn to, I'm going to read the verse, 2 Timothy 1, verse 5. And then I'll get, ladies, I'll get your thoughts and, you know, what the Holy Spirit was speaking to you about it. 2 Timothy 1, 5 says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. The you um, and the your that Paul was referring to here is Timothy. Timothy was the first you want to call him pastor of Ephesus Mm -hmm. um and he was pretty much mentored by Paul um Paul met him I believe it's Acts 16 if I got that right yeah and pretty much just raised him up but what this verse is saying is that his faith really didn't start with Paul it started from his grandmother to his mother and then down to him and um, Paul is encouraging him to kind of just be sincere and to stand firm in it um, and to walk in it. So mm. not going to say too much right now. I want to open it up to you ladies. Just kind of get your first thoughts um, before we go any deeper. Who wants to go first? I'll go. <laughs> um, well, first, I'm just excited that we're covering like a family unit, you know, yeah. like you have grandma, mom and son here. I think that's just significant for the timing of this, honestly. Um, just because I feel like the Lord is like moving in the families right now. Like he's moving in the homes. I truly believe deep down in my spirit that it starts in the home. You know, yeah. it's gonna be different, it's gonna be significant. There's been like what there's been like these attacks on the home for years and decades. And you see here, like there was um a grandmother who heard the word passed it down to her daughter, Eunice, right? 
And then they both still alive, speaking it into Timothy, who then becomes the first pastor of Ephesus. Yeah. To me, that's, like you said, is a legacy. Mm-hmm. But it also just shows the power of the spirit within the home. You know, mm-hmm. there's something significant about that. They were pretty, I, I see their little house, like the three of them, like little um, lights, so to speak, within the home. And then they're speaking outwards. And I mean, clearly you can see that Paul can tell because he says, yeah. I am filled with joy as I think of your strong faith that was passed down through your family line is what the passion translation says. So to me, there's something significant that is known about this family and known about their home that's end up being passed down. Right. So you yeah. see that it's like three decades right there, guys. Like the Lord is always faithful to keep every promise in it. Remember in Deuteronomy when the Israelites are leaving and he promises that if you are faithful to obey my word, that this will be passed on to generations. Mm-hmm. But if you don't like that curse is passed on to the generations, you know, yeah. um, when they don't obey. So I don't know. I just, uh, I'm very excited that we're talking about these two ladies today, but that really just stuck out this time and for this moment um and this season that it's a family line and a family legacy and a family walking in the spirit and you know it's two women pouring into their kid and their grandson and how powerful just that in itself is like i can keep going but on here stare that's the word it's powerful i think yeah that's you know there's so many different things that make this powerful but I think the the biggest thing for me is just how one we're we're talking about these ladies because it's recognized right in the bible it's it's passed down their legacy has passed down more than just those three generations clearly right right. um but the power of that coming from women uh what we know about them um, also in Acts 16, we, we hear that they were married, uh, sorry, Eunice was married to a Greek man. And I was doing some reading before um, online about just these two women and read that um, Lois was also married to a Greek man. So mm-hmm. they both were married out of the faith. They were both Jewish women married to non-Jewish men, but they maintained that Jewish faith. And passed it down to their children from Lois to Eunice and then from Eunice to Timothy. And I think that is so powerful because that is countercultural to what their culture in the home and in their society was. Um, As we know, the Greeks had many gods and um, there was a lot just uh, of paganism and there was a lot of um, other... (laughs) other influences in society in their time. And yet they maintained the God of Israel, the the Jewish faith and passed that down to their son, Timothy. So you can just think about what it takes to teach, you know, your little boy that's, you know, that sacred history, that, um, that part of you that you're holding on to, you're treasuring um, and wanting to, to keep it alive when, you know, society and culture is telling you otherwise. Maybe some of us know something about that, right? Um, right. It's, it's not changed. It's it's the same today. Um, we we have to hold firm to our faith, and like Lindsay was saying, it's in the home that we have that opportunity. That's the biggest thing for me, um, and it's so powerful because as we've 
as you guys know, and we've talked about, like, that's my situation. Like, I'm raising my son. My son is turning three, actually, this month. Um, (laughs) I'm raising my son with my mom as my primary partner. You know, she's been holding my hand this whole time. And it just reminds me of this relationship that we see right here, because the two of us together um, are instilling that faith in my son from Mm. this young age. Um, and it's just, it's so powerful because we know what we're telling him. We know we're, we're trying to show him this God that we know if we do it now, the Bible says, train a child in the way that he should go and he will not depart from it. Like Mm. it holds, you know, it it sticks. And we see with Timothy here, we know he became a pastor. He was one of the most influential figures of promoting the Christian faith in that time. So yeah, lots of good stuff there. That's good. Yeah. I wanted to go back just a little bit and thank you both. That's just, it's amazing. And it, I had thoughts about like what my sister's doing right now, but wanted to go back to Lindsay, you mentioned what's going on today, right? Right. Um, and Shadira, you talk about countercultural and, and how that is, it's countercultural then, but then there's so mm-hmm. much countercultural stuff going on here. Yeah. <laughs> right. Just wanted to talk about what you, because both of you are mothers, um, what are some things that you are finding that's happening in the secular, in this world, that you are having to, as mothers, that you're not leaving it, Lindsay, to Jason and Jadaria, not leaving it to your dad or to your partner, um, Emmanuel's dad, to instill this, but that you are having to sit your children down and have those conversations. I know your boys are little, so right. to the best that they're able to understand. Or that you're praying about that, that shield, that covering of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit is upon them now so they don't have to experience any of that. Yeah. I, th- I think for me, it's, it's just teaching them and instilling them that they can hear the voice of the Lord. Mm-hmm. right Good. like from a young age i have seen specific things in my kids where i'm like oh, i didn't tell you that i don't know where you got that but <laughs> but there's like uh i don't know there's just things that my kids have very clearly spoken that they know that the lord spoke it to them um and so i have never wanted to discourage that you know like mm-hmm. i feel like there's um there's something pure and childlike mm-hmm. when we come to the father. Like we're told by Jesus, like if you have childlike faith, you know, like those are who enter the kingdom. Right. Yeah. And so honestly, my kids have been a great teaching point of letting me see the kingdom because they see things so differently. And I'm like, huh, what if that's how you see it, dad, instead of the way <laughs> that I think it is. Right. But there's something just, there's something just pure and just teaching them to listen for the voice of the Lord. That's and it's true. not always audible. Like, you know, like we all hear and talk to the spirit differently. So it's not always audible. Like I know that one of my kids is a feeler. So he feels and senses when things are moving. And so being mm-hmm. able to just pray with him, mostly it's been us just praying for him, but it's been us also teaching him that he holds the authority to make the darkness go. Yeah, um, He's battled nightmares. He's battled battled a lot of things um but the fact that when you can start teaching like i mean it's been going on since he was a baby lord mm-hmm. but like teaching him that the might not always be how he's feeling but maybe he feels something him and to look and have him feel like where do you feel jesus like where's there peace in this environment right, right. now um yeah. 
and just teach him that that's heaven right there. Like heaven is present around us right now. Um, and Toby, my oldest, um, it's been kind of cool just to see him. Like, obviously he's a seven-year-old. He's into a lot of these games and stuff from the kids around him on his baseball team and stuff. And just having him ask, well, I want you to go pray about this. Like, what does the Holy Spirit tell you about this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's coming back with answers, guys. And it's just, as a parent, I'm like, wow, that's the same exact answer I got. And I didn't tell you what I heard. Right. Um, and so I think for me specifically, it's letting them know that they can hear him. Mm-hmm. You know, whether or not they're having their quiet time. I mean, that's impossible, usually for like a <laughs> seven, five and a one-year-old. But the consistency of them seeing me open my Bible and me pray, yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like there's power in that. And I believe, I believe very clearly, like, Eunice and Lois, yes. Did Timothy maybe go to like the Jewish, like Jewish school where he was taught the Torah? I believe that he probably was if there was one around Ephesus, which I highly doubt. I highly believe that there was because it was such a huge city. Um, but it's having your Bible open, it's praying over your children. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of times where I feel like they're battling certain stuff. And so I go to war for them. Um, because you have the power to intercede on your children's behalf. Like I feel like a lot of parents just give up, but it is very clear in scripture that you have the power to intercede on your kid's behalf and stand in the gap for them when there's things coming against them, whether it's fasting, whether it's taking communion over them and anointing them with oil, whether it's praying over them at night until that thing breaks. And it might be years, guys. I'm not saying Mm -hmm. it happens overnight, but you have got to war on their behalf. Like it is your gift. It is your gift. Like it's your authority. Like heaven is full of authority and it mirrors down here on earth. But your role as a parent is like, to me, it's like, um, archangel, so to speak of your kids, you know, like you have a lot more power through your prayers over your children than you nagging them, than you trying to control them. Mm -hmm. It's that intercession and that spirit realm. That's going to give you more power than anything in the natural. absolutely right yeah that's so good cannot stress that enough (laughs) right um pray for your kids oh my gosh pray for your kids and yeah all the all the good things that Lindsay said uh for me I think it's it's definitely identity we we Mm. spoke a lot about that on this podcast if you've never heard us talk about it you will um what what I mean by that is the world will try to tell my son who he is. Yeah. And I will not let that happen. And that is so important to me. And I know that rooting him, like I rooted myself in Jesus Christ, knowing who Jesus Christ actually is. um, It protects you from the lies that will come. Yeah. So identity for me is that thing that must be passed down. It is know who you are in Christ. Um, I was reading some notes on, you know, what it must be like to grow up in that environment as a Jewish boy learning, you know, the Jewish faith, but also not being allowed to do certain things. Um, right. There are some notes talking about like in the, in the synagogues and, you know, as they're taking these classes to learn the Torah they do certain things that their fathers oversee or there are certain practices, rituals or whatever Mm. that their fathers oversee. Circumcision is one of them. So um, uh, Jewish mothers 
uh, that lineage is what carries you as a Jew, but that circumcision ritual is, is something the father has to carry out. Right. Um, so Timothy couldn't be circumcised. And we know this it's in the Bible as well. Yeah, um, right. Paul has him circumcised later on. Imagine how Timothy felt. I'm trying to bring it back to identity. Imagine right. how Timothy yeah. felt as a young Jewish boy in that class, not able to participate in certain things. Imagine what the other Jewish boys must have said about young Timothy and his lack right. of a father figure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. You have to instill in your children that sense of self-worth, that mm-hmm. sense of you're, you're okay, even if it's different at home, even if it's not what the society is used to. That's your job. Right. And yeah. we cannot stress that enough. Yes. I think this, this season you know, we started talking about the role of womanhood and this is like continuing in that, and that, that role that that's part of our design by God as women is to instill that faith and protect our children in this way. Right. Yeah. No, so good. Love that. Love that you touched on identity and just bringing it back to Timothy and just where he was and all the things that could have been going on there. But it's the strength of his mother. It's the teachings and the love that come from his mother and his grandmother that um, give him the strength that he needs to to stand up, really. Um, Lindsay, there's something that you touched on about, you know, having the boys watch you in your sort of like praying, right? And right. It's living by example. And Chidera, you talk about it yourself, about identity. You're walking in that identity. You're rooted in Christ and you're living it out. And your son can see that. Um, And if he can see a mother who's secure in her faith and her identity, he will very much want to follow that as as you continue to pour into him. That's the prayer. That's good. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. So ladies, how about, Sherry talked about your mom. Um, partnering with you mm-hmm. let's talk about the influence our mothers our personal mothers our own mothers have had in our faith walk my mom has been that influence of faith my entire life in fact her faith carries our entire family mm-hmm. um and she is the pillar of faith for not just my family but everyone that knows her like my mom is that that strong of a titan in faith mm-hmm. and i think that just seeing that my whole life I think I've learned everything I know about just how to have faith um, from seeing her take everything to God. Yeah. And my dad's testimony that it was my mom that brought him to faith. Mm. Um, she made him go to church. <laughs> and <laughs> at first he just kind of was like, oh, okay, I'm into this chick, so I'm going to go. <laughs> that's um, hilarious. And that's how he tells it. He's like, I went because I was attracted to her. <laughs> but that that turned him into who he became and if you know my dad he's everyone else's preacher so um yeah it's it's so powerful it's such a powerful example to have in the home and I know that my sisters and I can attest to you know staying in the faith because we've seen my mom stay in the faith yeah that's good yeah that's good I think it's funny that your dad and your mom sent or your mom sent your dad to church because my parents actually met in a church and it was my mom who thought that she could meet a nice boy in a church so she walked into a church and met my dad 
That's so, awesome. I think that's hilarious. That is, <laughs> it's totally reversed right there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think my mom, I mean, she definitely was in the home with us all the time. Um, she pressed into certain things. She um, encouraged us to just, you know, fight for who we were, so to speak, in ways. Um, and she was also the one that my dad being a pastor she was the one that reinforced a lot of the stuff that he was doing and leading in the home to us too like the devotions and stuff like that um she was home with us all the time um when there were things that she didn't disagree with I remember her pulling us out of school one year because she just did not agree with certain stuff that was happening at the school and we were homeschooled for that one year because they didn't agree with some of the stuff um and so she, you know, she put the stuff that she was doing on hold so that she could teach us and be present in the home with us that year um, because it was something that they stood very firmly on. And you see things like, you know, like I feel like that in itself just shows that, no, like we're going to stand up for what we believe in and this is how we're going to speak it to our kids, so to speak. Yeah. And it just shows where they stood strong on certain, you know, where they stood strong together. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I feel like that was kind of passed down. Like my mom was a strong woman. So I feel like that has been passed down to me too, but she also has always had the gift of like hospitality. Yeah. Um, which was definitely passed down to me too. <laughs> as well. <laughs> yes. 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 So like there was always people in our home, like, and if people didn't feel like, like th- if there was a new person to church, I feel like they were at our dinner table for lunch or supper on Sunday. So there was that, like you got to see them welcoming people in. And I imagine too, that Lois and Eunice too, like brought people to their table. And Timothy yeah. saw that because the gift of hospitality too, is like a huge open door mm-hmm. to like, speak about truth to yeah. other people like yep. it shows love in a way that you can't show love and I I don't know I just I have this like little vision in my head where I see Lois and Eunice like they're cooking in the kitchen but that's where they're actually teaching Timothy yeah. it's not just yeah. sitting there studying with him it's like they're cooking around him they're collecting food around him yeah and they're teaching him why they do that and I feel like my mom had that like that was how we often learned like we often learned how to do things around watching my mom do it you know um and so that's where I don't know that's just the image I get as I um just see them like in the home Mm -hmm. the choice of co-partnering and co-parenting with Holy Spirit yeah that you get to make on a daily basis yeah right it's humbling yourself and saying you know what Toby I completely screwed that up and I am so sorry for losing my temper with you will you forgive me mommy did not betray the spirit in that moment it's being humble to ask your kids for forgiveness I feel like it's a key part um because it looks different like culture right now says no I'm right and it's a battle every day about who's right and who's not right like everybody has to be right yeah no you you need to clean up your mess son like you said these really unkind words to somebody you're not right about that you need to go clean up your mess like you need to go ask their forgiveness it's like little things like that where you start teaching opposite you know yeah um truly for me by example and truly living what the words right. are being submitted i love that you brought the holy spirit in not that we haven't brought him in this whole time but you clearly said the parenting yeah co-parenting with the holy spirit That's you know true. so you have to be 
um, submitted, you have to be discerning, you have to be attentive to what the spirit is saying. And it's not easy. I'm not parenting, but I'm I'm learning <laughs> too. And I'm learning. Girls, um, gather those notes. I'm I know. My siblings. <laughs> Um, it's funny because even though I have a dog, there are times I'll get offended with him and I'll lose my, and honestly, I kid you not, the Holy Spirit will remind me, uh, yeah, he's a dog (laughs) 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 and you could have done that differently. You could have handled it. I'm learning with my dog as well, learning patience and kindness. Um, but no, it's, it's so true. There's nothing that we can do without the power of the Holy Spirit and without being connected um, with him. And ladies, I love that you talk about just the strength of your mothers. And I can certainly relate to that. My mom was, yeah, both of my parents taught us the word, but I truly learned prayer and the word from my mother. Um, we started very early with devotions and, but she was the one who would drag us to, we call them fellowships or yeah. um, midweek service. Um, we were raised Anglican, but my mom would take us to like a non-denominational <laughs> Pentecostal yeah. meetings. And she'd be like, don't tell your dad. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember the one time she clearly said, don't tell your dad. And my dad had been traveling and came back. My brother and I were just out with him doing stuff. And we drove past the church that we'd gone to. And I was like, oh, we went to this place with mom. My brother's like, um... <laughs> You were not supposed to say that. (laughs) But it was with my mom that I learned um, sort of like how to pray and just what prophecy was. And Mm. um, she would bring people in the house to to pray with us, like people she knew. Um, And my mom, after she had been, like she worked, took some time off to, when we moved from one country to another, so she couldn't work then. Um, but after we all left the house, my mom went ahead and decided that she was going to go to Bible school. And this was, so cool. I, was in Cal- I know I was out of college by then. So she was like, yeah, I'm going to go to Bible school and do it for two years. And that was her dream. And she did it. And then guess what? Several years later, okay, she decided to do it too. Well, hey. Didn't decide. So the Holy Spirit told me I had to go to Bible school. <laughs> um, just to see that passed on as well. And to see that also passed on from her parents as well. Just mm-hmm going through to us and it's I go to my mom I mean I go to both my parents but I go to my mom really if I have like a major prayer request like mom prayer warrior yeah (laughs) right you battle this yep I love it yep yep there's nothing like we say there's like I'm Nigerian okay you're Nigerian too we say there's nothing like a praying Nigerian mama hello Um, insert your culture whatever your culture is there's nothing like a praying mama yeah right um because you need somebody, like Lindsay was saying, to go to war for you. Sometimes yeah. it's that serious where you need somebody stronger in faith to yeah. go to war for you. And there's nothing more powerful um, than that coming from your own lineage. Like, that's so yeah. cool. Right. Um, I didn't, I was going to ask you, ladies, I didn't really get to know my grandmothers. Unfortunately, passed away when I was a toddler. But uh, did you have your grandmothers in your life? I had my grandmother, well, my paternal grandmother died three years ago. And um, <laughs> my grandfather, so her husband died when I was three. And he was already like 90 when I was three. And then she lived an additional 30 plus years after that. Um, but I remember when we would have these, like we will go visit our village 
we had my grandfather's house or his living room was where people would come at like five o'clock in the morning to pray. Mm-hmm. We dreaded it as kids <laughs> because to be up at five in the morning, <gasps> but you would hear the bell go off and everyone would go. And the one thing I remember was we always looked out for, and we called her mama. We always looked out for mama because she had her spot where she would sit. And mm-hmm. come in everyone's like okay she's here <laughs> you know um whether it was in the middle in the beginning but she never missed it she never missed it she was always there and when we would leave her even up until so the interesting thing is we were celebrating my uncle's anniversary and something else that was going on the day I left I left like on a Sunday my dad left the next day and she died when everyone else had gone mm. but I remember that when um, every time we would go to her, um, before we left, she would lay her hands on us. She would hold her hand, hold our hands and she would pray. She died at a hundred and over 110 years old. Wow. But she wow. would pray for each and every one of us, God's protection. She would pray that God would bless us. She would pray like really deep prayers for us. And my mom would even tell us that, you know, when we were not there and she would pray for them, she would remember each and every one of us by name. And, you know, the ones that had children, she'll try to remember their names or just like lump them in as grandchildren. But again, it's that faith of that prayer, you know, mm, yeah, good. each and every one of us. And um, my maternal grandmother was the wife of a pastor. So I'm sure I, I mean, she was the most loving woman ever, very hospitable, very giving, very generous. Um, yeah, I just, I, I loved both of my grandmothers. <laughs> Definitely made an impact on my parents' lives and on our lives as well. I would say it was my paternal grandmother's, my dad's mom. Um, I mean, she, I mean, she, was a single mom too eventually because my grandfather was killed in Vietnam. So she raised three kids on her own. Um, and while she has like, she has a rough, she had a rough life, um, at times, but I remember as a kid that she was very, she had been remarried, but she was very devoted to prayer. And like, when we went to go visit, you would see her with her Bible open. Like there was something and that she would, you would always knew that she was praying early in the morning. Yes. Um, I remember through like high school in certain moments before she ended up sick with Alzheimer's and couldn't remember much that, um, yeah, you just knew that she was praying over you, you know, like you would get those little check-ins type, so to speak when, um, you'd go to visit or she would like when she, you would talk to her. I mean, she lived in Florida, so we weren't really that like super close in distance, but I remember when we do go like she made sure we were at the church on time. Like she had her spot in the church. Right. Her and my, <laughs> her and my like step grandfather, I just call him Rainering because he was my grandfather to me because I never knew um, her first husband, obviously. But like they, they let a, they were in a Bible study. I remember these, all these little old people always coming up to us like every time we came and they're like, oh, we've been praying for you. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, you know, so they, I remember very clearly, like even as a young child, like I knew that my Nana, like my Ma, we used to call her Ma, she was a prayer warrior and she was in the word. Like there was something very significant about that. Yeah. Um, and you knew it. But I think the other person, like so my mom's mother, um, she was, she was sick when I was younger. So I don't really remember much 
and she passed away when I was like in fourth grade, I think. Um, so I, I don't remember having a really good relationship with her just because she was in a nursing home is what I remember. And when she was healthy, I was a toddler. So I don't really remember those years much. Um, but I do know, like, since my dad was a pastor, like the head pastor's wife to me was like, um, she was older, so to speak. And she's still, um, she's like a grandmother, spiritual grandmother figure, you know, like in the church, like if there was something she would pray about. And I can tell you y'all like <laughs> in college I, and when I went away from the faith and stuff, she, I remember points when I would come back to church with dad and she'd be like, I'm praying for you. Like, the Holy <laughs> Spirit told me to pray this. And I remember years later when I did come back to the faith, I randomly went to breakfast with her. And I remember her telling me a story that the spirit had like told her to start praying one night or something. And looking back at my story, I'm like, oh, I, I know why you were praying that night. Like, um, so there, I, I knew that she was also praying for me. So I felt like I had like my paternal grandmother who pray, was praying, but she also, like, I had like this spiritual, so to speak, grandmother. Mm -hmm. Even to this day, like she, um, her husband has passed away, but she still to this day, like she'll t come up to my dad and my dad will pass it along and be like, uh, yeah. Libby was praying for you. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> that's a good thing. So, you know, she was, I mean, she still is a prayer warrior. I think she prays for hours, you know, like she just sits her Bible and just starts reading and she's just a prayer warrior. And so I feel like when you ha are surrounded by certain people like that and you see what it looks like, there's something very, like, I'm going to keep using the word powerful because there's nothing else that, mm -hmm. that there is. And even like, even if you don't have a grandmother, a mother who was not in prayer for you, like this is, I want to be very clear because I feel like there are some families that yes. you're the first believer in your yeah. family as you're listening to this. Yeah. And I feel very significantly like this is the gift that you get to pass on. Yeah. Like you Absolutely. get to be the one that your great grandkids and your grandkids talk about and your kids talk about That's right. that you yeah. are the prayer warrior in the family. Yeah. The responsibility is on us to take that initiative, take that onus and just run with it. Right. And Right. Can't defer that responsibility to someone else. Um, or like you said, hold on to the past and say, well, well, I didn't have that. No, we get to chart the course. Right. And, and right. We can do it. We can do it. That's good. Yeah. So good. So ladies, what do you have um, for our listeners today on how they can pass on <laughs> the scripture, pass on truth? Um, we've touched on prayer, we've touched on speaking and living the truth, but just uh, going back to, I think it's 2 Timothy 3, 14, verse 15, where Paul pretty much says, don't, well, remember what you've learned that was passed on to you from childhood because you were acquainted with the sacred writings. So he was exposed to the word of God. Um, right. How are you ladies or how can other mamas expose their children to the word of God? Um, what are you doing in your day-to-day? -day? I think, yeah, I mean, just sitting down with your kids, like intentional time in the Bible, whether it's a kid's Bible or Bible reading stories, you know, just kind of uh, taking that time, just like you would any other book, sitting down and, and really instilling um, those principles, however simple, uh, in your children from that young age, just kind of 
where I, I started and where I would encourage people to start if they can. If you, I mean, if you have older kids already, just letting them continue to see you praying and uh, reading and letting them continue to hear the worship music in the car and uh, in the house and in the mornings, like make sure that you fill your home with the things of God because the teenage mind has a lot coming at it. Right. So right. You just need to fill your space, your environment with the things of God. Um, yeah, that's what I would say. That's good. Yeah. I think for us, like um, we do, so we go through the Jesus storybook Bible. We've gone through that for, oh my goodness. We usually read at bedtime for us, like for the boys. Um, and my older two obviously have moved to, they moved to this adventure Bible. And so they like to just randomly flip pages and turn to a scripture. And that's where we'll start reading. Right. Um, so that's what we do with the older two for the most part. But it's, I mean, everybody's family is going to look different. Like we don't have, like, I'm going to be straightforward and honest. We don't have a 30 minute devotional. We don't sit at a table for an hour long and like <laughs> pray and like, mm-hmm you worship and stuff, but we do incorporate those things throughout our day. Like whether it's worshiping and singing in the car, whether it's everybody's in a grumpy mood. So we're going to turn on worship music in this house and we're going to flip the environment and we're going to dance and we're going to look goofy and we're going to sing because there's something about praising and worshiping Jesus and singing that flips the atmosphere in your home. If you don't believe me, I dare you to try it. Like if you are grumpy and your kids are grumpy, you put on that radio or your iPad or your iPhone and you blast some worship music and you start singing and start dancing. I am telling you, it will shift the atmosphere in your home. It has, and it works and it is my go-to. And I don't care how goofy I look dancing around in my kitchen. So you guys will just have to see that one day. Um, Indeed. (laughs) You see in verse one, 18 and 19, Paul reminds him that he to keep um, so Timothy, my son, I entrust in keeping you with this responsibility and keeping with the very first prophecies that were spoken of your life. Right. And now in the process of fulfillment in this great work of ministry and keeping with the prophecies spoken over you, use these with encouragement as weapons in spiritual warfare. You know, right. just like Shadira said, I, claiming your identity, there are things that have been spoken of Emmanuel, her young son. And I guarantee you that she uses it and says, no, this is what the Lord has spoken over you. Yeah. Like there is something powerful about that y'all. Yeah. And whether it's just one word that you have heard over your kid, you use it and you let them know it. Yeah, that's good. My sister is, um, reading the book radiant by Priscilla Shire with my niece. Mm. And it talks about, it's really her identity. It's on identity. Yeah. It's for teenage girls and young adult women. Um, I know that there is another book um, by the Kendrick brothers, I think, and it's called Revealed. And it's the same thing where it touches on the identity. And so she's also going through that with her boy. So, I mean, there's so many resources out there, but Mm -hmm. um, both Chidera and Lindsay said, we go back to the word of God and we speak the truth from the word of God and we declare the truth um, that's in the word of God over them and we live it out like you know infiltrate our entire environment in our day-to-day with the word of God in one shape different ways with music or actually reading scripture um, and you know they will not depart from it amen even, and know, I can be in a testimony to that one same um, 
I want to just kind of wrap up with this thought back in Second Timothy. Um, so verse 2 Timothy 1, verse 5, where we talk about Lois and Eunice, where we introduce them. That's the only verse they're mentioned in, like we said, but um, they're referred to in other places. And if you keep reading, it says, um, okay, so Paul says, I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that same faith continues strong in you. This is why. I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God mm. gave you when I laid my hands on you. Your faith yeah. is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. There's something that your faith actually does, right? right. And I think it's important for us to like remember the impact of faith in our yeah. daily walk. Um, yeah to activate the spiritual gifts. Yeah. It goes on to say, to remember that God has not given you a spirit of fear and timidity, but of a power, love and self-discipline. Um, your faith is the counter to fear, to timidity. Yeah. It is the activator of power, love and self-discipline. Like faith is so, so, so important. It's not just what we do. It is like, it is, it is what you need in order to be able to continue like as a Christian to walk out the Christian life. It's, it's faith. It's a faith walk, as we say, um, remember, he remembers, Paul remembers that genuine faith. Um, and that's why he reminds Timothy. We don't know what Timothy is coming against in that time, right? Like we don't know right. what yeah. challenges he's facing as he's, um, you know, being reminded by his spiritual father, Paul, but Paul is saying, it's your faith that will keep you going, my son. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, right. he's saying, faith. remember that faith that your parents, <laughs> your your mother, your grandmother gave you, because sure. that's what you need to continue in the things that you need to do. So I just want to, like, remind us as mothers and grandmothers listening to this, um, that faith is so critical for our children to walk out their lives, we have to instill it so that they can be reminded of it. Yeah. It's our foundation. So awesome. Yeah. The conversation we've had. Um, who are we doing next? Who are we doing next? Famous question. I think we talked a little bit offline or off podcast uh about bad girls bad girls delilah oh yeah the, i'm gonna do delilah the... i think she's she's our girl i used to have a guitar named delilah y'all i name all of my <laughs> guitars just so you know. and, and they're all partially bad girls they're all but they're all bad girls not partially they're all bad girls <laughs> oh wait but you're oh, rahab rahab is... that's that's my current guitar her name is rahab yes. Um, and if you, shameless plug, haven't checked out our Rahab episode, Lindsay just put that up on our social media because it's such a good reminder of faith and what faith is all about, right? Um, right. So yeah, check out that episode. But yeah, Delilah, that was my my red guitar. I don't have her anymore. I gave it to someone Ooh, else. Oh, and she but... was red too. Wow. Yep, mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly.